We have made our way to the happy hour. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Scraby, talking Super Bowl, talking Padres, because that is now front and center. No more football. Basketball coming up here on the halfway point, or a little bit beyond the halfway point, is the All Star break. One thing we, uh, one thing we haven't kicked around yet about the Super Bowl commercials. Does anybody care about this anymore? It feels like we're becoming less and less. We care more less desensitized. Yeah, there were not. There were there were very good. Were good, very good. Nothing the, the you Duncan, liked. The Duncan uh, commercial yeah, was that was good. hilarious. When Matt Damon was like, "Man, you're really hard to be friends with." Uh, that was funny. The Arnold Schwarzenegger that was good. Uh, what was that? Uh, State Farm. He kept saying neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. <laughs> no, it's neighbor, <laughs> neighbor. <laughs> it's pretty funny. He got the chopper line in there. Yes, yes. Get to the chopper. Anything with Beyonce for me is... is You're pleased uh, with that. That's a good one as well. Beyonce. After I that... Get, I didn't understand Beyonce. The rise she was, of going well, into space. She was releasing a two songs. Album. Yeah, but I didn't get it. And then she released a... a has a upcoming album. Split the commercial. This particular really countdown I'm looking at says the best one was... It's gotta be Duggan. Was Shannon Sharp working with Martin Lawrence... I didn't, I didn't see that one. That for Oikos. One. Huh? O-I-K-O-S. Oh, yogurt. Hysterical ad. I don't remember this. Martin Lawrence walks into a pond and carries out a golf cart that they had apparently crashed on the court. What game was this on? I did How not did I see completely this. miss I... this? We all missed this. Yeah, I didn't see that what? one at all. But missed yeah, it. to answer your question, Chris, I think... I think, I think in general the commercials are kind of faded. They the have. problem is, is there's no secret to the commercials anymore because all of them they are released exactly. before the game. We used oh, to have to point. wait before yeah. we had to wait to the game. That's had true. to watch Everyone, all the game. My wife's favorite line yesterday was, "Watch this one." What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> watch <laughs> this here, one. Aren't I? <laughs> I actually don't really remember many commercials, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Oh, someone said Michael Sarah's commercial was uh, great. Not good. Christopher Walken commercial was hilarious. That one was good. That one, everybody I like was trying to be Walken Christopher Walken. My wife asked me, and she didn't get that one. She's like, are they trying to make fun of him? I said, yes, yes they are. That was good. I well, like we got to vote for the Jesus commercials, but I think they're kind of yeah. being backhanded. I don't know, though. Wait, wait, we thought they were being backhanded. How are they being backhanded? Because it says we got some solid Jesus commercials. (laughs) They they were solid. They just had to spend a lot of money for them, but it was got the point, got the message. Dan Marino Marino was busy. Dan Marino. Dan Marino was busy. He was in like two or three, it seemed like. He was trying to sell uh, Michelob Light and a couple of others. M&M's was a, yeah. I think was the other one. Yeah, yeah, there's a chance the, I missed some that I that I just didn't see. But we all missed that one with Shannon Sharp and Martin Lawrence. The problem was the I, first the that first, was ranked number one that, here, and I didn't even see it. That had to be in the first quarter because that was the only quarter I let my kids convince me to watch the first quarter of Nickelodeon. Oh, how did you like so, that? It wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was at a all. little change up, but I didn't get any of the commercials for the first quarter, so it probably mm, happened in that time. That's right. a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Uh, the Nickelodeon broadcast you, is a good bring, idea. You bring up such a good point about the commercials in general. There is no anticipation anymore. We know the commercials coming out. And by the way, it's a commercial. So if you show it to us, what is the need for us to see it again at that point? You know, it's not like it's a, a show or yeah. a movie. No it's, one's sitting around their TV right, waiting for, for it anymore. Yeah. I, the, I honestly am looking at this rundown, and I missed a I missed a ton of them because I I'm not recognizing hardly any of these ads. 
It seemed like they played them in a different game. I thought I was sitting there watching it. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Um, yeah. The Oreo commercial wasn't bad. We got one from Jake. The Oreo commercial. I think I remember that one. If I, if we don't remember, I guess it, it wasn't, wasn't memorable. That good. <laughs> but I, I'm not saying it wasn't funny because some of those were like laugh funny and then move on. Post Malone, Bud Light is one of them. Um, I vaguely remember that one. My kids love the Nickelodeon broadcasts. I guess Quentin Tarantino made the Jesus commercials. I don't know if that's true. I'm sure. What, ha- and what was the deal Jesus. with Rob Gronkowski? He tried a field goal before oh, the game. Oh yes, he that was it? the second time he's done that. It's what like was for that a bunch all about? of it's for a bunch of money, and if he makes it, like, but he didn't make it. No, he missed no. like a twenty yard field goal. I think he's <laughs> not supposed to make Rob. it. I, I think, think that, he's not supposed to make it. Yeah, I'm not sure though. Like, because didn't it seem like that was pre-taped to you guys? I mean, even if it was pre-taped, he still missed it. I mean, I mean, I don't think they're like. I don't know that it was pre-taped. I mean, the, the, there was a lot of anticipation for that kick, but he looked like an idiot dressed up in that football <laughs> outfit. Did, did, did he toe poke it? No, toe he poke. he just she just pushed it wide right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, no. all right. So the commercials are not a big deal anymore. I won't even bring them up next year. No. I don't think they're that big. <laughs> Chris, we, Chris seems disappointed by this. Well, it used to be a big thing. I it mean, did. it used to be the big thing. I mean, I was my favorite ad. I think of all time is not the same as everybody else's, but it was a monkey and some old country guy banging on a banjo with a stick, and the two of them just <laughs> what, acted like idiots for thirty what seconds. What Super Bowl was this? It was about twenty years ago. Oh, okay, so they smacked a bunch of stuff, made a bunch of noise, and did absolutely nothing for thirty seconds, and then the guy came on and said, "Well, we just wasted our." $20 million, what are you going to do with yours? And it was a investment ah. company. I the Oreo one was about how through time you've had Oreos. Like, they showed the prehistoric, um, like, asteroid hitting the Earth and then the Trojan horse <laughs> and all that stuff. So. I didn't get it. I didn't see that one. So yeah. I do I remember really. this one I'm kind of sorry I brought it all up. I, I mean, Me it, too. It, Me too. it doesn't get any better than the Bud commercials back in the day. Those used yeah. to be the, that was like primetime TV right there. Uh, what, what was it? Um, Waza! We had the Waza up. Yeah, you had the the frogs doing it. It was oh, all the frogs were great. <laughs> all right, the uh, the Padres, as we mentioned, back in spring training, pitchers and catchers have reported. So you know what that means? That means we're going to get to hear from these guys quite often. Joe Musgrove, obviously, ha- looking forward to a healthy season this year, uh, was asked what his hopes were for this team's mental mentality is during the spring training this season. Yeah, I think we need to do a better job of, you know, identifying what our identity is as a team, you know, from the get-go of spring training. I felt like we had expectations of what we expected of ourselves as a group, and it wasn't talked, you know, openly and out loud enough uh, for everybody to understand what that was. So we found ourselves in a little bit of a hole early on and trying to find your identity when your back's against the wall is a little difficult. So I think we need to set the tone, you know, early on in spring training and figure out what those things are that we're going to, you know, what the standards are here and uh, make sure everyone's on the same page. Is it a completely different feeling from a year ago? I mean, there was so much hype and expectations from day one of spring training. Yeah. Is it, is it feel, when the spring training started, but does it feel different? It feels good. I mean, um, Schilt's done a really good job of, of, you know, starting those first steps of building the foundation of the team and what our identity is going to be. So um, ultimately, I think communication is one of the biggest things. You know, as players, you don't want to feel like, you know, you're being told everywhere you're going to be and what you're going to do. It's nice to feel like you have a little bit of say in that, but ultimately you want somebody at the top that's running the show that, you know, takes a leadership role and, um, you know, everyone kind of falls in line behind him and makes things a little bit easier. 
possessors have those expectations now? Was that tough to live with last year just because it was so much hype around this team? Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, it, it falls in our hands as players. You know, we're the ones out there, you know, that have the opportunity to win and lose games. Obviously, your manager can put you in, in better situations and, and give you the best opportunity. But when you're out there, you got to go out and do your job. And um, yeah, we just we fell short in, in meeting some of those expectations and doing some of the small things that allow us to be in the positions to, to succeed. I mean, that's um, it's pretty clear cut as it gets uh, from a from a guy this early, right? I mean. Trying to ident- trying to figure out what their identity is early, to actually discussing what that identity is, um, and then he said a lot of the things that I, I don't know. We must have talked about at uh, at at nauseum last year. The little- one hundred and sixty two <laughs> times at least. <laughs> the the little things, trying yeah. to clean those things up. Yeah, and and what Joe is I think expressing is that this is the time to do it is during spring training. This is where you get all those good habits and you build them up. Um, and, and you do it here in spring training. You also figure out who you are, or at least start to approach who you are here in spring training. So uh, good to hear from, from Joe. It's been a, it's, it's, you know, it was a, it was a rough season all the way around, but he's stability to me. Listen to this lineup real quick. Nick Fortas, does anybody even know who that is? You do, Tony. Yes. You call games. Yes. Scraby, does you recognize that name? No, no. Catcher. Yuli Gurriel. Oh, yeah, I know First that base. One. Luis Arias, second base. Joey Wendell. Just the Miami Marlins. Yeah. Gene Segura. Brian De La Cruz. Jazz Chisholm, who was hurt most of the year. Jesus Sanchez. And then Jorge Soler did have a great year. My point is... Uh, Alcantara was hurt the entire year, and when he wasn't hurt, he was terrible. Jesus Lazardo, Braxton Gear. I'm bringing up the Miami Marlins because they were in the playoffs last year, right? They were. Yeah. 84 wins. They won more than the Diamondbacks won last year. If that roster can make the playoffs, and I'm sure they did it because they did the little things well, they executed. They hit with guys in scoring position. Won a lot. Remember, they won a ton of close games. Wasn't their record in one-run games was at, like insanely good? Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Everybody who's saying the Padres aren't going to be good this year isn't paying attention to really how baseball works. It's nice to win the off season. Did you just throw up on the mic? Right <laughs> no, I was. Gonna, I thought Chris was done, so I was going <laughs> to jump in, but I stopped. <laughs> Didn't no. hear him do that. No. No. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just throwing it out there. If the Marlins can make the playoffs with that club and a lot of guys not having great years, the yeah, I was gonna can say, make the playoffs. Sandy please. wasn't hurt for most of the year. He just didn't have— I'm sorry, have, he wasn't hurt. He just was terrible. He, he just didn't have a good games. year. Yeah. They were 33-14 and 14 in one-run games. They Plus also, 19. Yeah. That is crazy. They beat the Padres in, in one at, at at their place. So, I mean, if that team can make the playoffs and have a year like that, you know, stop giving up on the Padres before the season starts. That's that's silly. I mean, it's a good point. It, it just goes to show you when you are taking care, as as you said, when you're taking care of those little things. The little things. You know what type of team you are. The thing that made the Marlins, uh, allowed them to go on that run, as they knew that their back of their bullpen was was pretty good, 
It's pretty good. It, it wasn't amazing though, Tony. I mean, AJ Puck. No, you got to stop looking at the names. You got to oh. look at the production in which well, they gave. Right. They because had, they had good years. And the highest save guy was fifteen. Yeah, they didn't the have. They didn't, so they didn't have, have a, a Josh Hader. Yeah, guy. they didn't have that. No. But they did have a team that they knew if the game was close after six, they were going to find a way to win because yeah, those one run games. Did. Um, that they start to breed confidence. We saw it in the Padres the year before. But that, to me, the difference between the Marlins and the Padres can be pretty much played out in their one-run record. Yeah. The Marlins were plus 19 in terms of one-run games. I, I get it. The Padres were far from that. I'm looking it up right now, and it's taking just a second. I, Padre, uh, oh, the Padres, oh. oh, my God, I forgot they were this bad, Tony. Nine and 23. Yeah. In one they games. didn't win. They were one, minus twenty four. They didn't win one extra inning game, and I don't believe. I think they only scored, if I'm not mistaken, like two runs in actual extra inning play. Yeah, they won their last two extra inning games. That's so right. they finished yeah. two and twelve, and they were minus fourteen. I, my math was wrong, but they did. They were minus fourteen in one run games. The Marlins were plus nineteen prior to those. So the Marlins weren't better than the Padres. No. They just had a better record. Prior to those two wins, they didn't have but like two runs right. in extra innings. Yeah. So I mean, Crazy. As, as a lot of people said last, some of it, yes, they didn't take care of the little stuff. They may not have known what their identity is, but a lot. Some of this was just pure bad luck. I think you're right. I so, think you gotta you gotta you gotta factor in some of that. Let's at, let's at least think that luck will be half better this year than I it was last so. year. I'm getting on the chat a lot that. It seems like fans are thinking that Mike Schilt is going to get them in the right mindset better than they were last year. Maybe so. I know Mike is he's about knowing what your identity is. He's certainly about the little things. Those are things that are but high before, priorities. But before for you think that Bob Melvin wasn't good at that, and I know that a lot of people are saying, oh, it was all Bob Melvin. The year before... With we Bob talked Melvin, about it. We talked about it. Yes. They were 30 and 17. Right. So, same guy, totally opposite same results. Yeah. And they were 12 and 5 in extra innings the year before. And that's what leads you to, and I very rarely go to luck. But yeah. But you, they go a 30 and there. 17 one year, and then what was it? 9, Nine and, and 23 last year. Same manager, so don't don't give me the old Bob Melvin couldn't get it. Bob Melvin was the same guy. It what, just didn't work last what, what, year. What happened is is that those players that were on those two teams come into this spring training understanding, as Joe just said, we got to do a better job of making sure that these things are tied up. And by these things, I mean the little things and yeah. knowing what their identity is. Got to get closer to 30 and 17 this year. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's get to break. More Gwen and Chris on the other side. Here's a little traffic. Four teams dropped out of the uh, men's college basketball rankings this week. Three of them were for the Mountain West Conference. See you later, Utah State, New Mexico, and our Aztecs all falling out of the rankings. Aztecs will take on Colorado State tomorrow. Colorado State is ranked 25th in the coaches' poll. A little love from the coaches for the Mountain West. Appreciate the coaches. Thank you, coaches. Appreciate the coaches. Uh, hey, real quick. You know, you know, Debo didn't have the great greatest game, but he had some really clean shoes on yesterday. Debo, oh, I go he had your them? favorite he pair had, of shoes. He had the Jordan Elevens lows. 
Jordan the, Eleven Lows. The patent leather ones. Boom. <laughs> Tony. Oh, his cleats. Yes. Tony loves shoes. Oh, I mean, there's wow. no they, question. They were quite. Phenomenal. You are the shoe guy. Well, not bad. I, I, I'm not really like. I, I I don't know why you need super cool cleats like that. It's but... the Super Bowl. Okay. Wow. That if was. If you're a ever going to wear nice this shoes, you might time. as well. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm surprised the No Fun League doesn't find them for that. I was surprised too. Because you, they find like, for everything else. The shoe doesn't match your team colors. I don't know how you're able. Maybe to Maybe he this did off. get fined, yeah, and he was just willing to pay. That's also true. Could be. Worst news for anybody in the NFL was that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid both said that a three-peat would be pretty cool. So did Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they're going to be going after it. We know this. And they've already given them ammunition. By they're not the favorites to win next. They're year. not like, the favorites. This makes this. This it's makes going the on whole out three here. Thing, but how long can you use that as your main motivation? And I don't know that they paid They've much used it for two years already. <laughs> That's the thing is, I don't even know that they paid much. Like, I never heard them mentioning it before this this last one. So maybe it's a new thing. Maybe they have got their eyes locked on this. This will be their motivation. No team's ever three-peat, right? No, no team's no ever teams. three-peated. So, I mean, they're going to be going for that. And they're going to be tough plus to that stop. part right there. No team's ever done it, so yeah. that's plenty of motivation. Who do you guys think the top ten are in the odds right now Ooh. to win the Super Bowl next year? Forty Niners. Forty Niners are number one. Chiefs are number two. Lions. Cowboys are tenth. Whoa. Lions. Lions are fifth. Green Whoa. Bay ninth. Your Jets. guys are doing well. Jets just outside the top ten. They're twelfth. What about the Texans? Eleventh. Oh. Doing well. I can't even remember. Oh, Baltimore. Baltimore's third. I can't even remember. The San Francisco teams. one, KC two, Baltimore three, Bengals six. You mm. guys are missing four and seven. Four and seven. Four. And they're in the same division. What about, what about the Dolphins? Dolphins are seven. Oh, so there's another. So uh, the Bills. Bills are four. There you go. You got uh, And the Eagles are also in the top ten. Anyway, round up the That's usual right. suspects. Yeah. Eagles. Who's going to be the surprise team next year? You know, the Jet, Eagle- Jets will be there next year. Jets are 12th. They'll be so a they're surprise. They're already thinking they'll be they in could the, be a they'll surprise. Be Chargers are 13th with Jim Harbaugh Jim, jumping Jim's that high do up. It one, I guess he could do it. They got enough pl- talent to do it in one He's year. You know who was most scared when Patrick Mahomes said that last night was Jim Harbaugh because he just joined a team that's in Patrick Mahomes' division. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it has to suck. Like, if you're Antonio Pierce, just got the job, if, you know, you're, you're Sean Payton. I mean, poor Sean. They're, they're going to be dreadful. Good. Denver? Denver. Good. No. Denver is yeah, the, uh, Denver's at the bottom. The that, two teams, the only two teams below Denver are Carolina and Tennessee no, that's in the right. odds. Anyway, all right, back to uh, spring training we go. Sam Levitt will be joining us from spring training throughout the uh, spring training process. By the way, Tony Gwynn Jr. is heading down soon. Soon. You're about a week away from arriving yourself in Peoria. Yes, indeed. You'll be sending us back postcards from Peoria. I will indeed. I know that's one of your favorite Can't segments. Wait. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait, he says. And then after you're down there for about 10 days, well, how long? When are they uh, actually whisking you off to Korea? The 13th. Oh, so you're a month away from that. Yes. Are you excited? Yes and no. I'd still have to come up with some cold weather clothing for Korea. I have it. Is Korea cold weather? Yes, I've heard. Someone texted me last time we talked about this and said that. not know. It's going to be in like the mid-40s. Yeah, the coldest time of their life was in Korea. Yeah, mid-40s as a high. It's going to be Didn't realize. Yeah. Did not realize your guys were going to. uh... There's two exhibition games that I just kind of 
figured out. Yeah, there looking is. at the schedule against two of the uh, yes, teams. you do play a couple of games over there. I think one of us against uh, Go's former team. Right, I think they're both against the two of the Korean teams. Yes, and then they're playing a couple of exhibition games on day, top of the right. Dodger games. There's a day off and then opening day. The, uh, the following day. Didn't realize you're going to Siberia. You're going to Korea, actually. <laughs> it's close to Siberia. But it's going to be cold. Yes, All right. Man, have you found cold. a place for, for me in your luggage yet? I have not. I, am I am I officially giving up my dream of going I, I to think, Korea? Scrape, you've lost you a lot of weight, but not enough to uh, fit I, on the uh, scale. Just break my legs. Airline luggage. <laughs> just break my legs. Force it around Korea. I don't know why you want to go there. to Korea so bad. Because I think it's fun. I think, and because I kind of have an end to getting in the building. If you know, I heard the tickets were kind of hard to buy, but do you really have an end though? You think they'd let you? Padres Radio. Baby, I mean, but is it an in that can you can they actually get you in? I would believe that I would be able to get in if I was there. I'm saying I'm talking about getting there. I know you can probably have a chance. No, get to into the building. Are you, what, what are you talking I'm about? Talking about getting to Korea. Oh, getting to Korea. But you know, he's the, saying if he gets part. to Korea, they'll get him into the game. Yeah, he yeah. thinks. Uh, yeah, he thinks somebody's going to help a, get him into the game. That's a, that's a dangerous think right there. I um. I'm not going. Fortunately, so it, doesn't it doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. you're not going. Unfortunately, but. I've been asking Adam like every week for <laughs> since the Korea series. You've been like a little kid asking to go to the bathroom, basically, <laughs> and, and jumping up down. Can I go to the Korea? Can I go to Korea? Please, can I go to Korea? It's like enough. Well, if Sam Levitt doesn't get to go, then I understand why I don't get to yeah, go. Yeah, Sam the Great isn't going. Sam you... told me I could sleep on his floor, so I would have done it. <laughs> I would have yes, done it. I mean the, the the whole the whole you know once the whole you get thing there, is getting there. Right, I say the hard part is getting to Korea. It's a long swim. Yes, I'm not, I'm not swimming through the ocean to Korea. I'm not doing that. Yeah, Thank no, you for that, that though, that Chris. Would, that would be so. Good, Jack though. says if I went to Korea, it would be clueless in Korea. The Scraby story. I am actually a great world traveler, by the way. I can see you actually being a great world traveler. I've been to London four times. I've been to Europe. Oh, listen to I've you. I've been to Europe like in the London four five times. times, six times maybe. I've done a lot of traveling in my life. I'm a good traveler. Oh, I'm see. the guy who like knows where to go. Like I've always wanted to be on Amazing Race, and someone suggested that Chris and I should sign up for Amazing Race. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. That'd be some good ratings right there. I, I, I think we might actually, Chris, have to try that out for that would show because be phenomenal. Do you, do you want the uh, challenge? No, you do it. <laughs> well, you're gonna you're gonna be eating. And Scraby will be like, "Well, I can do it." You're gonna be yeah. whatever the challenge is. Scraby can do it. You're gonna do the eating challenges, and I'm gonna do all the uh, see, young people challenges. What, what, what people would get a chance. To yeah, he took a little shot there. <laughs> if people, if people, what people would get a chance to see is what I get to see on an everyday basis behind yeah. the scenes. They I think get the problem with us being TV. on the Amazing Race is that we'd have to spend time away from the camera, like in the hotel <laughs> and eating meals together. Do you would think, be good on the I camera. I think it would be great. Off you, the camera would be struggle. It would be a struggle. Do you think Chris and I would uh, be able to work together after an Amazing Race type show? I don't After know. After the show? There would yeah. need to be a thaw-out period, I think. <laughs> Someone said there would be the first murder in show's history. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, is it me? No, it's you, No, nah, it's time to go to break. We, we didn't really have any good Peoria stuff anyway, so we'll step aside, come back. Our interview of the day, we haven't decided what it is yet, but uh, may go Charlie Hoffman after that brilliant performance in Phoenix. Come back, find out with us. Last segment of the happy hour, 537 on the clock. Tony Wood Jr., Chris Solo, Mass Gravy. 
Jerickson Profar, back in a Padre uniform, Mike Schilt, was asked how concerning it is to only have a few left-handed hitters even after adding Jerickson Profar. Well, I mean, listen, you know, you always want the ideal, perfectly balanced club, but, you know, we, we haven't started the season yet. And to AJ's point, we, you know, the guys that we are going to get opportunities for, you know, like I say, Johnson's a switch hitter, and, you know, Mitchell hits from the left side, and um, you got, you know, Paulie and Marcy, and, and um, of course, we talked about Jackson. So we've got options there. Just, um, you know, it's going to be a competitive camp, and we'll see. Obviously, Jerkson gives you some versatility on where he can play, but he's somebody that seemingly has always been really well-liked inside the clubhouse, and for whatever it's worth, the team started winning more when he got here last season. From that perspective, the clubhouse perspective, what does Jerkson bring? Yeah, he's, a, he's like I said, very popular guy, really good energy, has the experience. Um, the, I use the word like glue guy, guy you can count on, guy that makes others around him better, um, you know, like it's hard to quantify, otherwise we would have this thing figured out in our game. But, um, we, you know, having the experience of knowing how important clubhouses are, knowing how important to have positive guys that also can share um, truce with everybody around them, um, hold guys accountable in a, in a good way, you know, Jackson, um, Jerickson brings that. You know, obviously, Jerickson, these are some of the same things we talked about in terms of why you would bring him back. Um, the Padres got the right price to bring him back, and so he's in the fold. But I, I caution everybody not necessarily having to do a Jerickson. We're talking about using spring training to figure out who belongs, who doesn't belong. And we know spring training every year, there's more than a few guys that have tremendous spring trainings, but they don't transfer to the regular season. It's not an exact science, right? So a guy could have a great spring and go out and play well and solidify his spot, but that does not then mean that come regular season that everything is just going to be settled. Oftentimes it's not. How many guys have uh, dominated spring training, and honestly they get sent down right before the season starts, and we don't hear from them again? Yeah. Some guys don't even hit 100 in spring training, and then the season starts and they're right on cue. So not everything gets settled. Right. The point being, you can't. It's tough. It, yeah, to it's, it's, a, it's really tough to yeah. know. Profar is going to make the team. I don't know that he's your every you know opening day starter in left field yet. Yeah. It all depends on who else they acquire and or who you know who, who steps, emerges. Exactly. Exactly. But right now, I think people are thinking, well, the outfield set. We got our third outfielder. I'll be shocked if the opening day outfielder from left to right is Profar, Azokar, and Tatis. That would be shocking. I can't imagine that's going to be the opening day outfield. It, it could be, it could, but yeah, I don't I think it so. Could be, but yeah, exactly. So he was also, and so I should let me back that up. The other thing going into this spring training, I think an exciting part of this club is we're going to get a chance to see Luis Camposano on an as, on an everyday basis. Mike Schilt was asked his thoughts on Luis's progress and what what he wants to see from him come this camp. Campy's great. Um, we had a good conversation yesterday. We had good conversations every day. He's taking the next steps to be that established everyday guy. Um, just, just um, very intentional about every aspect of his craft, creating relationships. I'm really pleased with what he's already done with our new players relative to the trades and, and the guys he's not familiar with coming up. He's um, already establishing relationships with them, being very intentional with Ruben, the pitching department about how what guys are using, how they're operating. 
Um, so from that regard, he's taken a really next step, which is super important for him to run his staff. He's got a lot to do. He does. Everyone's going to look at his batting average. How many home runs is he going to hit? What's he going to you know? What's he going to bring offensively? Is what he did last year a sign? Guess what? Ninety percent of what's going to be most important is how he handles the pitching staff, and, and, listen, and that stuff you all won't know. You you won't. But honestly, that's where he made probably the biggest strides last year. Is right. He gained the trust of a lot of those pitchers on the staff, including probably the most important one in, in Joe Musgrove. And, you know, he I should say Joe was the first one to kind of open the door. And then gradually you started seeing him catch more guys. I think that's where he's made the biggest jump. Now, for a guy who is talented offensively like Luis is, the, the problem, at that, at, especially for a young guy, is to forget the most important part of his job. And that isn't the offense. I know. That is being able to call games and make sure your pitchers, especially this staff. He Last year, I mean, he had it pretty good, right? You, you had a veteran staff in Lugo, uh, Waka, Musgrove, Darvish, Snell. Got young guys to deal with, to this, bring this, along this, this year. Ain't a whole lot of work you got to do other than just following Put their the fingers lead. down. Right. It's going to be a little different this year, so. Certainly uh, somebody to be watching as we get into spring training. All right. Uh, We were very fortunate earlier in this show to have Charlie Hoffman after he finished second in the Waste Management Open. Um, If you missed it, you'll get a chance to hear it right after some traffic. He prepared us for that. When he came on our show. He said, I'm going to be in the hunt. And he said, and listen, I think for some they may have considered it tongue-in-cheek, but he was very serious when he said, what do you say? I think that something was along the lines. I'm old enough and dumb enough to think that I can compete with these that guys. That I can beat these guys. Yeah, and he uh, has held well, he to his word. He also said he was healthy. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. That's the big thing. Let's get Charlie on the line here right now. Charlie Hoffman joins us. Charlie, first of all, great, great tournament. We wish you could have seen you win it, but uh, you held true to your word. You said. You were dumb enough to think you could uh, beat these young guys, and you certainly took it all the way to the end. I'm a man of my word, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I, uh, I had the lead coming down the back nine, and I, I think I shot three or four under on the, on the back nine, and you know what? It just wasn't good enough. Well, I mean, when did you when did you start thinking to yourself, "Hey, I got a shot at this," or did you ever allow yourself to think that? Oh no! You you think about it. There's no question. Uh, you know, I I saw my name creeping up there around around the turn uh, at the top of the leaderboard. I knew they had a few more holes to play, which in that scenario is probably better because there's some birdie holes out there. But as long as I kept making birdies, I, I felt good about it, and uh, I was able to keep the pressure on and uh, post a number. Obviously, with a, I I was I had in my mind I wanted to get the 22. Didn't quite get there, and uh, you know what? Uh, Nick took advantage of the little crack door that was open, and he uh, he clutched up coming down the stretch birdie and I think three of the last four and then two playoff holes. So, I mean, hats off to him, no, no question. Charlie, the the one thing you spoke about the first time we, we talked at the beginning of this season was your health. You talked about finally feeling healthy. How much has that played into really how well you've played through the last two tournaments? Yeah, no question. I, I've got a great team assembled in San Diego now. Uh, Dr. Peter Mackay is my Cairo uh, Kaylee Franklin is my uh, P- or is my uh, trainer, and then Greg Rose is sort of my CEO at, at TPI. And uh, 
you know what, and a great, and then a Mark Blackburn is my swing instructor, and they all talked together, and we we made sure I, I did the right process, made everything right uh, in the last six months or so to be ready for this year, make sure I was ready uh, to play good golf, and uh, you know what, the plan has come to fruition. We don't we don't know how long that's going to last. Obviously, forty seven years old and bum back, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna press the pedal down for uh, as long as I can, and hopefully the, the back hangs in there. Charlie, at what point through the process, as somebody who's been injured before and is goes has gone through some of this rehab stuff, there is a point where you start to feel like, you know what, I, I think I'm going to be all right. I, I, I think I can give this a go. At what point did that get to or, or what point did you get to that 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 time? You know, being able to practice again, like last year was like, all right, just being happy to be in the tournament and being able to play and play the tournament but I wasn't really being able to put the reps in this off season being able to practice put the reps in doing hit the balls practice chip putt do those things that make the elite the elite and uh, I was able to do that and prepare this off season and uh I knew I was in a good spot but I mean at 47 years old and to be honest you, you sometimes wonder if you're ever going to compete at the highest level again uh with the best in the world and uh I proved to myself this last week that I I, I can still hang. I, I I thought it before. I was just dumb enough to think it, but now I know. <laughs> well, we do too, man. Thanks for taking us on this ride. I mean, because you you told us like you know Tony said you told us early in the year that you were going to you know be in all these tournaments. You weren't you weren't going to be sitting out. You're going to be playing. You were feeling pretty good. I mean, we've been looking for you, and you know to see you see you right there on the final day. You said that you definitely thought about it, but how do you how do you kind of manage those thoughts when you're actually, you know, getting ready to play the last three or four holes, or even playing in in the playoff? I'm assuming you've got to focus on the job at hand, is you know, without trying to keep that other stuff out of there a little bit. You know, what was funny is I felt so comfortable. I felt more comfortable Sunday coming down the stretch than some days, some weeks trying to make a cut. It's like I was meant to be there. That. That's where I was meant to be. It was in the lead and trying to win the golf tournament, and it was fun. I embraced it. My family and friends were out there supporting me, and uh, I just wanted to make my family proud out there, and I, I think I did, and uh, I gave it a good shot. And you know what? It, 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 I, I was free rolling. I'm 47 years old. No one expects me to win this <laughs> tournament, and you know what? I had a chance, and I, and I thought I had it done. I thought I'd put, post a number up there that would get it done, but like you said, I, I couldn't control what Nick did, and Nick, Nick stepped up. Charlie Hoffman joins us, PGA Tour vet, finished second in the waste open management. You know, unfortunately, outside of, of the leaderboard, the other story uh, at West Management was, well, excuse me, at Waste Management was the crowd. It, it seemed to be a little more raucous than normally there. It, what was your take, you know, being on the on the ground floor there? You know what, I, on Saturday, which is traditionally the largest day out there, is I was only on the front nine, so I didn't get to see the back nine where the where all the hospitality was is and all the all the chaos is. So I I didn't experience it. That being said, it rained so much. Normally, traditionally, you can walk around on the hills and do all that stuff. You couldn't do that if you saw any video. You'd slip and fall on your butt. Mm. So everything was congested. The car paths and the walking areas, which made it somewhat hazardous to get in and out of the in and out of the venue. Uh, I think they did a great job by limiting limiting alcohol sales and limiting the patrons that came in. But you know what? It got to the point where it was tough. It was it was unfore, unforeseen circumstances with the weather, and uh, I think they handled it great. I obviously got a little ruckus. Some players said some bad things, but I think if you pull them all, we embrace embrace those fans, and uh, we know what we're getting ourselves into when we play the 
WM Phoenix Open. So, uh, you know what? I, I think that the tournament, the tour will learn from those situations and uh, we'll be better because of it. And uh, I'm looking forward to another great, great event next year uh, in Phoenix. Anybody needs a loan, uh, I'm not going to say how much Charlie Hoffman earned for finishing second yesterday, but it was a lot of money. So congratulations for that, Charlie. And, you know, beating out Scheffler, beating out Spieth, beating out all these named guys. I mean, again, you know, you're kind of playing a little bit with house money. And to see you right up there, I mean, it just, I feel really proud of you. And you said, you know, your family was proud of you and you're proud of you. I mean, this is a great thing for you. I, I don't know that it's, you know, the all timer. But to get this at 47, not a lot of guys get this chance. Yeah, you know what? Phil won a major at 50. Obviously, he's some, someone I looked up to. I mean, he's playing a different tour now, but, I mean, he's he's been inspirational for what I've done in my career. And uh, you know what? If he can do it at 50, I can do it too. Uh, you always want you want to always outdo those guys uh, that, that you're close to. And uh, he bring, he gives me a lot of inspiration. Uh, hopefully, I can, I'm competing as long as, as he has. And, uh Hopefully I can contend the majors until I'm 50 and change. Charlie, one of the things I caught on the broadcast is that they were talking about you being a part of the PGA Tour Policy Board and um, how much time that took, you know, of, of you, you know, your time in general. Would you say your golf game is in a better place because you have the time to actually work on it now? A combo. Obviously, I, I well documented that I've been hurt for the last few years, yeah. which gave me a little bit more time, too to focus on the policy board. But now that I was healthy, uh, definitely being able to work on my game and not be distracted by the phone calls, which I embrace, which I love being a part of. I, I would never uh, not want to be a part of that process. But you know what? I opted out. They asked me to come back and uh, do another year. And I, I said no because I wanted to focus on golf because I did truly believe I had some good years in front of me. And uh, I didn't want to be distracted with the policy board, even though there it's a crucial time in the – in the, for the PGA Tour and the, the future of it, but uh, I felt comfortable with who was in charge and who was leading us as, as the players, and uh, I was able to step down and step back and uh, focus on my golf game, and uh, um, I think I'm reaping the benefits now. Yeah, Charlie Hoffman's with us, coming off the big day yesterday, big weekend in Phoenix, and uh, Scraby said this qualifies you now for the Genesis and at Riviera. And what's your schedule coming up, Charlie? I had to cancel that ski trip, it yeah, sounds that's like. That's right. I heard a ski trip <laughs> yeah. took, was was uh, was put on hold. Yeah, my, my ski trip was put on hold. I think the family's still going to go up the Mammoth and enjoy some <laughs> snow and uh, enjoy a good time. But you know what? i got to go back to work. But you know what? I love playing golf. I don't, I don't consider it work whatsoever. And it's, it's something I love to do, and I love to compete. And uh, obviously, playing in Tiger's event and uh, playing against the best in the world in a signature event is uh, what I try to do each and every year. And hopefully I can... Uh, make the home home California fans uh, inspired this week and uh, obviously contend again. Well, Charlie, you certainly have inspired all of us this past week, and we certainly will be behind you once again when the, when the Genesis does take place. Congratulations on a good finish. Wish you could have won. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me anytime. We'll talk again. Thanks, Charlie. Charlie Hoffman. Getting it done. Getting it done. Getting it done. My goodness. I love it. I love. I gotta root for anybody over. I root for anybody over thirty-five, let alone forty. So you root for me. Thanks. And he's from all right. Anybody over thirty-nine. And he's from San Diego. Power High School. He's in your Hall, Hall of Fame, fame Tony. Baby. He's a, yeah, you guys are Hall of Fame. Hall uh, of Fame buddies. Buddies. Very good. He. Uh, I. I gotta say, like I've seen Charlie Hoffman play golf for a really, really, really long time, but yesterday he looked amazing. 
Every shot he was He's hitting healthy. was close. You could see it. Yeah, and it seems like some of these guys get better with age. For those, of you, he's for not those supposed to be competi- competing though at forty-seven. I mean, even he knows this is borrowed time. It's beautiful. I mean, it's great listen, to see. For those who who have who've had back issues and know how debilitating that can be. Yeah. Um, Scraby's had front issues. I don't know what that even means. I'm either. afraid to ask. <laughs> I'm not sure. Am I like a Ken doll or something? Like front issues. I think it's maybe my belly <laughs> that I have. I, I'm in you the worked hard on that part. I yeah, have. I have. I even didn't. I didn't even really want to eat bad yesterday. Like SD fat loss has changed my entire. I just, all I had was sweat. wings last yesterday. I, we went big on the wings. Like how many wings? I had did a lot. You of, have? I had a lot of wings. <laughs> like over twenty five. <laughs> we had about. It was just my family. Oh, just like the you kids, and your kids and my and wife. Yeah. Okay, and we had so. about four pounds of wings. Whoa, my goodness! <laughs> and they, we pretty much went through them. Wow. I have one thing to say: the Gwyns do it upright. They do. They do. They know what they're doing. Yes, they do. We try. He's got all the goodies too, out out to like cook things as well. Like although my grill was uh, not in use. What? The rain has basically oh. flooded, flooded the, the ground. I had to put like, what, I don't know what they call those uh, those joints those guys get in the water with waiters, right? Oh, you, wait, I would, you had to, really? I, I would have had to have some on in That's order crazy. To, to grill. I golfed on Saturday. And I might have got electrocuted in the process, so I just <laughs> decided to wait. I golfed on Saturday, and there was so much mud. I couldn't believe how much mud there was. Yesterday, the air fryer came in. Oh, big time! Yeah, hand. air fryer, big time. Do hand. you remember when we were trying to convince Adam that an air fryer was a good thing? <laughs> he, wasn't, he had no he idea. Wasn't, he wasn't feeling it at all. Air fryers are amazing. I was like, man, if you don't go ahead and use that air fryer the way it's supposed to be, man, you're wasting time. Wasting. That's gonna do it for the Monday show. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Myself. Chris, you're not here tomorrow, huh? No, I'll be here a little late. Okay. I'm traveling. That's but right. I will be joining the uh, joining the proceedings tomorrow. Right. Well, it'll be me and Scraby. Until then, have a safe travel home. We'll see you again tomorrow. Scraby Show next. Peace.